Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. Created for those committed to mastery and success. Coming to you from Manly, Australia, we break down the science and philosophy of optimal performance so you can unleash your potential. Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. This is Jira Taylor, your host. I'm coming at you from a beautiful, sunny, manly in Australia. And this is episode 46 of the podcast. And uh, the last few days, I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with um, a gentleman called Frank J. Pocaro. And Frank J. Um, has been traveling around the world and really inspiring people to live life by their own design. Um, I've been fortunate enough to hang out with him in the last few days, and I can really say that he does have a beautiful energy about him. He really is an authentic, gentle, loving soul. And everything that he talks about is really does come from his heart. And getting to know him a bit better, I really learned how the choices that he has made in his life have really created this new reality for him. And it was very inspiring because Frank J came from a very troubled upbringing, domestic violence and abuse, and went through a, a pretty radical stage of rebellion in his teenage years. And um, it was a conversation with an elderly person in a, in a retirement home um, that changed the course of his life, actually. And he went down this route of self-empowerment um, through self-knowledge and really learning everything about himself so that he could transform the narrative of his life. And this is what he does now. Um, so guys, I hope you enjoy uh, Frank J's vibe as much as I do. And I hope you get something inspirational out of this podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jiro Taylor. We're here in Manly, beautiful Australia. And I'm here with my buddy, Frank J. <laughs> What's up? What's up, everyone? How are you, man? Good, brother. Cool, yeah. bro. Just help everybody understand how you make the world come alive. What it is? What are you passionate about? Mm. What fascinates me the most is the art of communication. And to, whether that's writing or speaking or connecting with another human being, and how can I understand how humans communicate? And how can I use that art to ignite positive feelings for somebody to make a shift? In their life, whatever it is, if there's in a relationship it, with how they're handling money or how they're making money, uh, their job or their career, like how can I inspire them with a communication so that they, like something comes alive inside of them mm. to make a positive shift in their life. And for me, that's what I live for. I love, I love connecting with people and I love learning about people. And so that's how I make the world come alive. And I become alive when I'm incongruent with that, when I'm doing that. Mm, awesome, man. So it's all, for you, it's all about connection and communication and connection through communication. Yes. Talk to me more about authentic, radical, authentic communication. Is that how you phrase it? Radical, authentic communication, raw authenticity or raw honesty. Um, so for the last year, I've been co-hosting retreats um, on this concept of raw, authentic communication. So we have people who come from all over the world, and they come for different reasons. They either want to come to, to just connect with like-minded, like-hearted people, um, or they want to learn about themselves, or you know they want to live their passion, whatever it is that they come. But they come in there, and we create the context of allowing whatever to come up, come out. Mm -hmm. And so that basically means saying the things that are not being said and using this style of communication of um, 
basically taken our power back in a way. Like, hey, when, when you did this, I allowed myself to feel insecure. Maybe that's a reflection of me and how I never feel like I'm heard. And so we're saying the truth. We're getting to the core without the stories, but yet we're doing it in a self-responsible way. And so that's, to me, what raw authenticity is. It's not necessarily just being honest and brutally honest with people because I share that with some people that I meet on, just on the street. And mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm always honest. But you'll see that they're honest and blame other people. Right. They're not really saying the truth of what they really feel in the sense that, like, hey, I'm feeling insecure or I'm feeling embarrassed and taking the power back uh, by yeah taking responsibility for what they really feel and think because everyone to me is a reflection everyone's a mirror for us Mm. so some people might translate authenticity and being raw uh, as bluntness as bluntness yeah it's like yeah i don't i don't mind calling a guy i don't mind calling a dickhead a dickhead (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) right right this is missing the whole point. That's way out of context. It's, way it's out more of context. so the whole idea of authenticity, at least from how I know it, is the underlying foundation is uh, unconditional love. Mm. It's like, hey, listen, I understand I have thoughts and judgments and, um, and assumptions and imaginations with this person. But I know that these are just thoughts. And if I have the conversation with this person, I may find something that I really like about them. So it's actually not attaching to the judgments or thoughts or imaginations that, we, that naturally come as being a human. But it's looking deeper and expressing that truth to find that love. Even if you agree to disagree, it's like, hey, I want to love you anyway, even though I have all these judgments. I want to still love you. And that's why I love you enough to be honest with you. Mm. It's very interesting. What do you feel like stands in the way for most people of communicating in this way where they actually radically share raw feelings and emotions? And sometimes these things will be very uncomfortable to share. Like, for example, you know, I remember our mutual friend, uh, Daniel, Mm -hmm. um, when I when I first met him in Maui in Hawaii, he said to me, Jiro, I was reading some of your flow state content the other day and in radical honesty, um, it made me feel this, these feelings of jealousy uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> around you. You're, 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 you know, you obviously know how to write and express yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, I was kind of like, All right, okay. Um, but it made me feel like, in a weird way, it made me feel empowered to kind of say, well, you know, I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, that there's stuff, it, there's stuff that you guys seem to do so well. Um, and it kind of makes me feelings of insufficiency with, with me sometimes come out. And mm. it sort of allowed me to do that, which was quite interesting. And so you had that conversation where he expressed a little bit of jealousy and then you yeah. expressed it and you realized like, wow. You yeah. know, and I imagine just by expressing that, you got mm. closer. You're like, wow, For this sure. is just another human. For sure. Because we all have these ideas and judgments. It was a very, it's a very, it was a very disarming conversation. You know, like this is a thing about vulnerability and authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually, it's actually power and courage. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people equate vulnerability to, to weakness, especially guys. Mm-hmm. But vulnerability is like power, man. Vulnerability. Oh is- man, it is one of the most powerful and courageous things we can do. And you asked me a question, what are most people afraid of? Mm. And to answer that question, I would probably answer it in two ways. Number one, afraid of the sensations in their body. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is a natural response, actually, where we start feeling like one thing what we do in, in our retreats when we first open it up, we do this exercise called the confession session where we express everything that we don't want to say. <laughs> and what happens is what we say before you do that, feel the sensations in your body. So all the attention's on this person. They're about to express total vulnerability. And, you'll, and they'll be like, my, my stomach's getting light. My heart is beating. My throat is um, feeling tight. And so we're like, all right, just be with them. Just be with those sensations. Because what happens is this is a natural fear response, I imagine, in my imagination. This is a natural fear response where we're about to get vulnerable. The ego might die. And so the body starts to have all these sensations. And it's interesting when you observe somebody in the state, they'll, they'll start nervous laughing. They'll start moving like this. They'll start sweating. They'll start doing all these things to try to distract these sensations, right? And where does this come up in our life? Smoking cigarettes, overeating, all these self-sabotage behaviors, I imagine, is, um, is some sort of feeling a void or um, distracting ourselves from the sensations of anxiety or nervousness. Sure. Right. And um, and so I would say they're afraid of the sensations in their body and which that is an art and a practice in itself, which is being with that and not creating a story of what that actually means. Because if you look at nervousness and excitement in the body, the heart beats, the palms are sweaty, the body's getting more tense. It's all relative. But the story is nervousness. The story is excitement. Mm. The sensations are just sensations and they can just be sensations without judgment and they can pass if we can feel it. Mm, absolutely man that's that's what this physical body is all about for me it's Mm. a processing tool for emotions Mm. isn't it that's really that's really like when we cry and we break down and we have those like racking tears where we're just like we're shaking you know what i mean that's like that's like dislodging Uh emotions that we store on such deep levels within Mm. us i feel Yeah. yeah and and i would say the second thing um would be just dying to the ego. We put, I, we, as I imagine from my observations of humans, all the people that I've worked with in my own self, it's easy to put up facades and identi- identify and to express that to somebody else, they might see who we really are. And, and I think it's like hardwired to think that if this person really knows who I am, mm-hmm. then they might not love me. Mm. And I think it's a core need for mm. humans to be accepted and loved. Mm. But you'll see that the people that crave that usually don't get it. And the people that don't need that and are self-actualized people, they tend to get a lot of that acceptance and love. That's right. It's a very simple law of the universe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, just, it's so interesting. So talk to me about ego. So I talk to me about how your relationship with your ego has shifted as you've matured as a human. Mm, my relationship with the ego. Wow. Yeah, like maybe you want to go back to your teenage years or because I remember my, you know, or, or even earlier, like childhood, because that, there's, a, there's a certain age at which we're sort of like egoless, you know, when we're really young and we're mm. just curious and, you know, we're just, we're just playing and, and, you know, we're kids. And then I guess through conditioning and through realizing that there's a bully over there and if we behave in this certain way, we get certain rewards. Mm. We kind of like develop this shell yeah so it's early on the conditioning it starts early well, i reckon it starts in the womb mm, you know i agree for sure um but what i what was your what was your first realization that i guess you were not your ego mm. 
Let me see if um, a certain memory comes up and I'll see if this unfolds. Sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking until I actually speak aloud. Mm. Sometimes that's how I learn. Mm. So if you see when I'm in a creative process, I'll talk to myself out loud. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I remember my ego being totally dysfunctional as a teenager, yeah. attached to what other people think of me, um, beating myself up, had, no, had very, very little self-acceptance and love, very confused about sexuality, very confused about my family, and it was just very dysfunctional. Then it came to a point where I started to look within, and that was scary. It was super scary, because I was sort of facing the shadows of the past. I was facing all the guilt and the shame, and this is, this is it. I think most of us have guilt, have shame, and have all these things, and if we cover it up, then that is what creates those um, self-sabotage patterns. And it carries with us as an adult. That conditioning stays there on a subconscious level. And like, for example, in the retreats, people express that shame and that guilt and, and they express, express things that they never said to anybody before. And just by bringing it up to light, it starts to detach the emotional connection to it and it allows room to process it and heal it. And so I, at like 18, 19 years old, I hit a hard rock bottom. I got a job in a nursing home, and um, I my family was so distant. I didn't grow up with my father. My my mother um, got abused mentally, physically, emotionally from my father. She had to work three jobs, take care of three kids. She was hardly home, and so it wasn't hard for me to like my to link up that hey, home is not safe. Mm. And like I'm not, I don't belong here. My family, I'm not accepted. So let me go outside and look for who I am with my friends and with other people. And so I had all these group of friends and I remember just picking up on belief systems of what all my friends were doing. And eventually it crashed down because I, how I was treating girls, like dating girls and how I was uh, treating myself. I was getting into drugs and fighting and all these things were an extension of the confusion of my life. And at 18, um, all my friends went to college my family was probably the most distant ever. And I got a job in this nursing home and I started to talk to people on their deathbed. And I was desperate. I mean, I was had anxiety. I was having panic attacks, um, which is so scary to have a panic attack when you don't know anything how to heal that, mm. um, when you don't have the tools. Um, and I was sitting on the deathbed, on their deathbed and I would say that, like, what would you do if you were young again? Like, what would you do if you were my age? And they would say, I would travel. I wouldn't take life so seriously. I would just laugh. It's okay. And there's this person on their deathbed telling me not to take life so seriously. Mm. And, and, and they were like, you know, I would just, I would go for what you really want. And, and don't, you know, don't be so attached. You have so much life to live. And it was so sad to see that a large portion of people were regretting their life. We're still complaining about who was right and wrong in the family and all this stuff. And I started to work with all these colleagues and no one was really happy that I sensed. And I was like, you know, I'm like, if I don't change my life, if I don't take personal responsibility, nothing's going to shift. And so I went on this journey of looking within and it was very confusing. It was very hard um, because I started to feel really guilty and I started to face those shadows. And by doing that, I discovered that, hey, I'm not necessarily my thoughts and I'm not necessarily my past. What is, who am I? What is my truth? Mm -hmm. What am I really capable of? And I started to ask myself those real questions. 
And um, I remember you sharing with me how you had you went away for like a month and you went on this journey in ba- it was a Bali, Indonesia. Yeah. You did couple journeys, yeah. but you went and you looked within. And sometimes, or after, I think it was maybe after that last, re- the last relationship, that dark, that's right, that's that dark right. night of yeah. the six months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it shifted to the light. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of how it is. And sometimes you got to go through that to really know who you are and what you're capable of and to process those, that past. And that's just my uh, perception. And that's what happened to me. And I realized that, hey, I'm not my ego. I'm not the past. I'm not what my family labeled me to be. I'm not what I've been conditioned to be. I'm much more. And I had people start coming into my life and started teaching me little bits of knowledge. And, mm. and um, I was listening. I, I was curious. I was mm. asking why. And I believe asking why is the first step to changing our lives. It's just asking why, getting really curious slash suspicious about why we do what we do. (laughs) Curious slash suspicious. Yeah, why we do what we do. And then you start to see and pick up on answers and you start to ponder. And I was pondering life and I was very alone for years and years and years. And then I got um, connect. I started to uh, pick up information in books. One of the books was uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And uh, the first chapter was You Are Not Your Mind. And it gave me chills because I was like, wow. I'm mm. feeling this. Mm. And like, have you ever came across knowledge that you were like thinking about and pondering and then you saw a book that had everything you were thinking about? And you were like, oh, wait, maybe the flow state, mm-hmm. like how you were thinking about, wow, mm. there's some here with surfing and you put it all together and then you see that there's this whole world out there. It's like you give you chills. It's like, wow, mm. I found my purpose. Mm-hmm. And I started to study and I started to train my mind and I unlearned and relearned how to function as a human being because my first goal was just to function normally because I was experiencing so much dysfunction. Mm. And through that process, I started to realize like, wow, I got a true gift of communication. I really care about people mm-hmm. because strangers have showed me that they cared when I was going through that hard time. And, I, and um, it sculpted me to who I am today and why I'm so fascinated with the psychology mm. and human connection. Mm, so where do you so so when in this process of I think you use the word re remaking yourself or re um, reconditioning yourself I would or say unlearning and unlearning relearning and relearning or yeah unconditioning reconditioning cool like uh, the power of now was was an interesting book on my powerful book on my journey as well and obviously for millions of people around the world mm-hmm. thanks Eckhart you did a you <laughs> did a you, great brother. job thanks brother. <laughs> The first time I read it, it was like over my head. Um, second time I read it, it was like it, I was like ripe for you know. It was right. the time. It was the time, and I was just like, it just percolated, Chills. absorbed into my consciousness. And and that uh, that first chapter, it's him basically talking about him sitting on this park bench for like five months or something. He just detached from anything to do with his ego created reality, mm. and he just existed in this state of interconnectedness mm. with, with everything um it was profound mm. on my journey to learn about ego um you know there's a there's a lot that's theory that you cannot properly know until you've had a life experience of it mm. and for me like learning about the duality learning that i am not my thoughts learning that i'm not my ego i'm not the layers of the onion of conditioning that my parents and culture yeah. have created i am something else and i understood that for years on a theoretical level mm. but 
it wasn't until certain experiences happened in my life where I actually felt on a, I know this kind of level. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Did you have any such experiences? Oh, yes. Sure. Uh, it's, just, it's amazing because that's it. We, a lot of people already know what they need to do, right? If you say like, okay, what can you do right now to change your life if someone is unhappy? And they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I got to do this, 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 this. Most people know what they need to do, but they know it on an intellectual level until it's embodied, until you feel it and you know it, you have a real experience of it. It's a whole nother game. Mm. I would say that the most powerful moments of my life have been by myself, contemplating or pondering an idea or in a meditation, and all of a sudden, bam, boom, it's yeah. like, and your whole body just goes into chills. Mm. And you, all of a sudden, you just know. Mm-hmm. And those moments, those little glimpses, I call it like, like glimpses of conscious contact with the creator or God or the mm-hmm. source or the oneness of the world or whatever, nature. But that like glimpse of it, this shifts your whole reality. It shifts the whole, how you view life. And I, and I think your, your uh, follow-up question was like, how do I deal with ego now? You know, it's interesting because I went on a journey of disconnecting from most relationships, from TV, from how I looked, um, from all the stuff that was connected to my ego in the past. And I became like a, a nomad loner and I was studying and learning. So I disconnected from those things. And then I realized that, hey, there has to be some healthy form of ego. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the um, you know, how we dress, our style, or how we present ourselves. But I think like everyone has the ego and like it can be a healthy, it can be healthy. Mm. If we get attached to it and we identify and we start to defend it, then we got to get very curious slash suspicious. Mm. I mean, I love my ego. Yeah. My ego, my ego is like my, my right hand man. Mm. I'm just like, thanks ego for looking out for me. And, and it's also dancing with it too, knowing it. Like, for example, yesterday to get extra vulnerable and talking about, talking about um, going through dark, dark time, yesterday there was a period of the day where I was really contemplating some things and I felt uh, like I was attaching to these ideas and um, I felt uh, sad, I felt lonely, I felt all these emotions and I didn't know what was really going on. And I was scared and I was thinking and contemplating and then I broke down. And I just allowed myself to like kind of purge it out. Like I was crying, but no tears were coming, but my body was like in shivers. And then I shifted and I realized that I was paying attention to too many distracting thoughts. So I would call those thoughts maybe the shadow of the ego. And I was paying attention to them. And they were distracting to what my true purpose is here. And so I, the larger part of me reclaimed like, this is what I am here to do. This is my truth. I wash away all of that bullshit and I own myself. I am the voice. And sometimes you got to put the ego in its place because it will, if you let it go wild, it'll go wild. Mm-hmm. It, can use, it can be used as a tool just like anything else. But if we allow it to, to take control of us, mm-hmm. I say the mind is, um, I've heard this quote where the mind is a horrible master and a great servant. Mm. Absolutely. So that inner real core, that knowing mm. part of us needs to own it sometimes and just say... This is the truth. Like, mm. you know, just condition that. So what do you feel like in this, in this moment yesterday? So 
you told me before that you kind of had a, a, a challenging day mm-hmm. uh, culminating in this breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk through this process because I believe it will be helpful yeah. um, for, for, for any listeners and viewers out there. Um, so presumably, just talk me through it. You had a lot on your mind, I assume, and you were feeling stress and anxiety? Yes. So I had a lot on my mind as far as um, I was thinking about future projects, um, future, I was thinking about the future, which can be called anxiety. Mm-hmm. I started to focus on myself and what I wanted to do. So I took the focus out of the impact, the mission, the contribution, and I went on to myself and I started to think about um, how am I in this moment? Like, what is missing from my life? What I want, what I don't want, what's not equal to what I expected. And so I was thinking in terms of, I would say, scarcity. And I would talk about that as survival. Mm-hmm. And I think depression and anxiety are correlated. If you really look at it, it's like, what's missing from my life? Or what don't I have? And if we have a focus pattern like that, of course, depression or anxiety or sadness is going to follow. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Scarcity, uh, the scarcity mindset, it's basically a fear mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And then once you get down into that spiral, what the mind does, well, what my mind does anyway, because that's all I can speak about, is it becomes very, very skillful at looking for all that is lacking from one's life. Mm. Becomes like this super skilled forensic detective that's just absolutely amazing at finding all the shit that's lacking and it's not quite good enough yeah it's good at that isn't it it's really good at that but it's but on the other hand i thank it for that because it's protect it's looking out for me it's just Mm. misguided Mm. it's almost like there's a there's a a, it's a less evolved part of myself that's misguided i like that word yeah it's like a less evolved part of myself has suddenly got the reins of the ship or the steering wheel of the ship Mm -hmm. um and there's a there's an interesting um analogy by a guy called Plato, like a philosopher, Greek philosopher Plato. Mm -hmm. And he said, the mind of man is like a ship. And the the sailors have mutinied and they've locked the captain below the deck. And it's chaos because the sailors don't know how to navigate, but they think they're in control. And first one sailor takes the steering wheel I don't, that's not the official word. And then another sailor mm. takes, takes the rudder and they're just going round and round in circles. Our, our job, this is what Plato said, our task as a human being is to put down the mutiny and free the captain, free the navigator, our higher self, so we can reclaim ownership and mm. direction of our life. And that's exactly what you did in that mm. moment. You basically reminded yourself, I am the captain. I, uh, I am the yeah, navigator. I am in charge. <laughs> Right. And, and it's not, this is a great point. I, I like how you said misguided because it's not point of condemning that part. I used to play this, this role years and years ago when I would have moments of that. And I would be like, oh, how, why did I get there? Is there something wrong? Is, am I not what I thought mm-hmm. uh, at the level that I'm at? I would have played I and mean, I would like dwell on how, how did I allow myself to get there? And then uh, now it's just like, hey, that's the mind. There was a lesson there. 
part of me now believes that that contrast is going to spark and bring me up even higher. It's almost as if like I was going this way and I went this way and I experienced what I really, really don't want. And while I was experiencing what I really, really don't want, I was sparking rockets of desire of what I really, really, really want. Mm. And so now when I come back on my path, I'm going to turn left rather than continue to go straight as I realize that left is what I really, really, really want. I was going this way and I was, that's good. But now with that contrast, I got more clarity. I got more strength. I'm recommitted to the mission. And so contrast, I feel, in life is a part of life. I feel pain is a part of life. I feel suffering is a choice. Suffering is staying in that pain and identifying with that pain to me. What I feel that contrast is, is that we can, it's not necessarily negative or positive. It just is. And what that can do is spark the creativity that brings us up even higher. Mm-hmm. can spark the rockets of desire mm-hmm. and, and really make us feel what we truly, really want and align with that. And mm-hmm. so I love contrast. And, and to accept it and to bring it into our life, bring it into our life because it's only going to make me better. And that's the mindset I feel that um, can shift our whole life. Mm. So what I took from that is you've taught yourself to release any patterns of judgmentalness and blame towards your ego mm-hmm. or any of that kind of negative energy um you've 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 released all of that and you've allowed yourself to accept that there is contrast and there will be times of struggle and there will be all of that because that's part of the journey mm. is that's that right. is that what you feel yeah yeah so sometimes i'm sure you're the same frank j but uh I, I get the occasional email or message or response from people that listen and you know, with full compassion to these people, um, they feel like sometimes it's easy for someone like me or you because of the relative position we're in in life, or you know, maybe um, I don't know what it is, but they maybe they forget that we've all gone through our pains before, mm. and we're still going through our pains. Mm. But a lot of people have this mentality of, oh, it's it's different for him, it's different for him. This like I've got four kids, I'm deep in the struggle. Mm. I'm a one-income uh, mum and. I'm struggling financially and you got, you know, you're, Jiro, you're just a single dude who goes surfing all the time and you've got this life and yeah, it's easy for you to talk about living in flow. Mm. And I really feel, I really feel um, into those sorts of responses that I get very deeply. Have you ever encountered a similar mm-hmm. situation? Yeah, definitely encountered people that would mention a comment like that. And what I think is that no one really knows that I think pain is relative. For example, there can be a young girl that, that's so attached to her cell phone and she loses her cell phone and she can feel like the world is fucking over. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? But I don't know if you have cursing on your on your no, that's like, okay. but I think like her world's over and she'll feel that, right? And like, oh my gosh. Like, oh my and god, f- my phone is gone. And in her body, she's feeling absolute horror. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then you can have a man that like, uh, God forbid, like something horrible happens to their family and they can feel horror in their body as well and trauma. <laughs> so pain is relative, not saying not to compare, but it's all relative to the individual or subjective, I guess is a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, there's different challenges in life and whatever 
karma or life circumstance we find ourselves in, I am so grateful for where I am. And I'm still in my journey. Like yesterday, I had a huge moment of contrast. I'm grateful. Remember when I talked about when I, I was feeling the anxiety and depression, I didn't have the tools? Mm. Mm-hmm. I have tools now. Mm. I have some knowledge mm. to know to take care of myself in this moment. And that's what I think, that if you're in a situation like that, it, where you feel like your life is really overwhelming and you want to make a change, you want to go into these flow states or you want to maybe move to a more positive circumstance, then I suggest to start accumulating knowledge. <laughs> start reading. Start learning about yourself. Start learning about some of these tools that some of these great leaders and thinkers before us have given us. And as you learn about these knowledge, uh, whether it is to nurture yourself, to take care of yourself, uh, whether it is to handle anxiety and depression, whether it is to communicate in a better way, the more knowledge and power you have, the more easier, the easier it is to shift. The easier it is to not be in a state for too long. Hmm. The easier it is to manage your states of mind so where you can feel sad, frustrated, and depressed, but you don't need to stay there mm-hmm. because you have the tools and the conditioning to shift to shift quickly and to move back into a power and state and not have a story about what that happened so it doesn't need to stay in your life. Mm. You can learn a lesson and move forward. I always say is if you can't find a positive meaning in your life experiences, then for me, there is no meaning. I'm, mm. not, gonna, I'm not gonna use my time thinking about it if, there's no, if, there's, if I can't take a positive meaning from it. Mm. And so it's taking back control and we all have that knowledge. If you, go to your, if you go to your library, you'll see that there's wisdom from the ages there for free and you can do it. It's all individual. I mean, pain and the hero's journey. It's the hero's there's journey. A, the, you know, we can talk about libraries and we can talk about the limitless resources that are on the internet and we can talk about gurus and we can talk about mentors and we can talk about podcasts and videos and all sorts of things. But ultimately... My belief is that we are only remembering what we already know. Mm. And this is why you said something before, but knowledge, self-knowledge for me is the foundation Mm. for all growth. Self-knowledge, self-inquiry. And going back to the beginning of our conversation, you talked about the power of questions, Mm. the power of why. And I often talk to people about going like three or five layers deep on a why. Mm. Why do I feel like this? Well, why? Well, why? Yeah, well, why? why, why, why? Yeah. You get to the core. You get to the core. You got to dig that shit out. It's uh-huh. like surface level stuff is just your mind. It's just oh, ego. You got to dig that shit out. That's right. So I feel like what I, what I got from your response there, there's a few gems that I want to pick out from that. First of all, no matter whether you're um, the Dalai Lama or Eckhart Tolle or Frank J or me, it's like there's, there's suffering and there's grief and there's pain and there's crying. And there's going to be probably for our entire human experience, right? <laughs> it's what we signed up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this is what, we're here. This is what happens, right? Um, but what I see as the path of self-mastery, the path of self-actualization, the path of growth, mm. just to use a, a less fancy term, is learning to develop the tools so that you can ride those peaks and troughs mm. with more grace and elegance. That's right. It's wisdom. It's discernment. You get more of it as, as, you, can, as you can bear more. As it happens, you, you start to learn about it. And see, this is the difference, I think. I think there is a difference in focus. 
It's like the, the, the hungry individual will go through the same pains as the non-hungry individual. The only difference between those two, let's say there's two humans and one's hungry as far as emotional hunger, yeah. right? To be more, to become more. One is just going throughout their life just saying, yeah, this is just life, right? And they experience the same amount of pain. This person will go through the pain and could create stories of like, oh, you know, I'm not lucky, I was born in this family, this happened to me, that happened, I don't do this because of that, or I'll do it when this, when my kids are all grown, and I have all these excuses. And this person, this hungry individual that knows that there's more to this story of life than what we've been taught, and just says, hey, I went through this pain, what does that mean? What does that mean about me? What did I learn there? What can I use in this contrast that can help me become better? Mm-hmm. How can I be prepared for the next time this happens? Mm-hmm. And you start to pick this apart and you start to, wow, there's so much wisdom being offered. And I imagine these are two different life endings. Mm-hmm. We all can start in life at the same level. And we don't. I don't think we ever start equal. I think we all have different tendencies. We all grow up in a different part of the world. But nonetheless, the human spirit is strong. And the human spirit is courageous. And um, I feel like when we tap into that spirit, life can shift. That's how missions are created. That's mm-hmm. how you know global impact has happened. Mm-hmm. Is when the soul recognizes itself, mm-hmm. and it goes for something much larger than itself. Oh, beautiful man! Yeah, I feel that for sure. Let's take this from this this foundation. We've talked about this foundation of self knowledge, and which is really about. Not not breaking down the ego, not killing the ego, but loving the ego, recognizing the ego, mm. and by doing so, learning what is not the ego, i.e. whatever you want to mm. call that, whatever you want to call that spark of life. You know, the spirit, the actual term spirit is, for me, means more about the, the animating force that brings us alive. You could call it your higher self, you could call it your true self, whatever. But when you understand your mind and your ego you can therefore get instant clarity that there is something that is not that. Mm. And that's what this path of self-knowledge does. Now, I want to, for me, I see that as like the roots of a tree. And then when I look at that tree over there, I see that, I see the powerful trunk and the branches that have come out from that. And I see there's like a certain power to that. Mm. And I view that as equating to my rituals and practices and habits that Mm. help me navigate this life. Yeah. So talk to me a little mm. bit about your habits and rituals. Like, how do you add structure to the to the house of your life? Oh wow, yeah, I I totally believe in in habits and rituals. I think you said something the other day where you believe you don't believe in goals, but you leave, believe in habits. Yeah, and I love that. That really impacted me. And I, I I think I added my own view to it. I instead of goals, I believe in intentions mm-hmm. and habits. Mm-hmm. And I think those two shape mm-hmm. a life. Um, So, for example, um, waking up in the morning, it's so important for me to get into my body and to get into my heart. Mm. And so I will do anywhere or moving my body, taking big deep breaths. I have a certain um, techniques that I do, but really it's just breathing deep, getting into my body and feeling my heart. Getting out of the thinking mind mm-hmm. and moving to the heart and just literally feeling it and being with it. Sometimes I'll even I'll even touch my body mm-hmm. and like, you know, wake it up and feel mm-hmm. it. I do a, a cupping technique where mm-hmm. I cup all over my body just like mm-hmm. this, and I just breathe and and focus on my heart. Mm-hmm. 
I personally pray, mm-hmm. and um, I pray in intention of my intention for the day, whether it's to be a blessing in other people's lives. It, very general, it's like I'm, I'm here to be a blessing, to serve. Let every interaction be something positive and inspirational. And and when I when I'm praying, I'm visualizing the day, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the day. If I have certain meetings with people or if I have a certain event, I imagine that event and I shine. For me, I put white light towards that event. And whether that's just, that's just a, a visualization of the love that I'm giving to those people already. And I'm feeling them and I'm seeing it as done. I'm feeling the feelings as if that in meeting went absolutely awesome. And that my day was so good and filled with joy. And I'm feeling those feelings. And I have a smile on my face. And I'm just thinking about this amazing journey ahead of me. Mm. And then sometimes I just look at my body. Like this morning, I remember waking up. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm human. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is so weird. This is cool. And then just like, you know, and, and just getting in my body, getting grounded and breathing. And then when I go out and maybe I'll put some kind of audio, some mm-hmm. audio on or some music that really feels good. But when I go out, I feel the sustenance of the air. And now we're next to the ocean and just seeing the ocean and just seeing the breeze against the tree and just being present. Mm. So that first hour of my day is just really being present, really just being mm, in my body. Beautiful. And I used to have certain different rituals, but really it's just getting to the heart, getting into the body. And sometimes when I'm walking down the street, I'm just, I feel my heart opening more and more and mm-hmm. more and more and more light coming in. And I'm just blessing people while I go. Mm. Now, this is my little crazy, little neuroticism, I guess. But I just like, I'm sending love. Like, hey, brother, I love yeah. you. Or I'm sending you love. Yeah. And, silently. Yeah. And I think that... I think kindness. Oh, you're emanating a frequency. You're emanating a vibration. Yeah. It's game changer. Oh, for sure. I feel like when you're coming from the heart, life is such a different experience. Oh, that's it, man. That's it. Like, that is what Gandhi meant when he said, be the change. Mm. He was talking about, he was talking about deciding on the tone, the gift, the vibration, the frequency that you wish to emanate out to the world. Mm. That's what he meant. So if you feel like there is something lacking in your life and you are clear on what it is that will fill that lack, whether it's love or compassion or kindness or whatever, be that. Mm. Be that. Be that compassion. Be that kindness. Express it to others. And the the laws of the universe mean that that is what you will get in return. Mm. (laughs) It's just... You know, you and I both live that, right? It's really simple. It's, it's really simple, but sometimes it's hard to comprehend. It is, man. It's hard to comprehend, but you, when you feel it, you know it. And I yeah. think that, I forgot with the philosopher who, who said this, but know thyself. Yeah, Aristotle. Aristotle, know thyself. And I feel like what he meant, at least a part of what he meant, was to know thyself. So when you're in that state of love and gratitude, to recognize that, to observe that, to know that. Because I think the very act of observing it makes solidifies it. Mm. Yes. To know the difference between your states. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like, I was in that contrast state. If I stayed there and I didn't I don't pay to I and I pay attention to my other beautiful states where I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Life is so good. And I'm really feeling that. And then when I'm in that contrast, I can remember like, oh wait, this is not all to life. It's okay. Mm-hmm. This is gonna pass. Mm-hmm. 
So, and you go through all these emotions as well. We all do. We all feel excitement. I went, I, I spoke to 250 indigenous women in Peru. And this is a white, and I was 25 at the time, a white male, 25-year-old male from America. How can I connect with them? The first thing that came out of my mind, it came through me, was that, hey, raise your hand, and I had a translator, raise your hand um, if you all felt anger before, if you ever felt the emotion of anger. They all raise their hand. And then I said, raise your hand if you ever felt excitement before. They all raise their hand. Raise your hand if you ever felt hurt. Raise your hand. If you ever felt in love, raise their hand. Right? And you see these women, <laughs> right? They come from a village in Peru without running water. Very, very different lifestyle. Right? And they all felt those emotions. I felt those emotions. Everybody in that room felt those emotions. So emotions, emotions are are universal. That's mm. the universal language. And so you felt all these positive emotions at some point in your life. And if you can remember them and feel them and especially catch that magical moment in the moment of like, wow, I feel so good right now. And breathe it and recognize that. Know thyself because you can always get back there. Mm. <laughs> We've just had 45 minutes of Frank J in the flow. It was that awesome, 45 brother. minutes? Something like that, man. Yeah, I was about to say. Something yeah, like that, man. Cool. We're going to have to wrap it up because... Uh, the light is fading, actually. That's yes. the biggest reason. Yeah. Cool. But uh, I wanted to ask you, man, like nuggets, nuggets of power that, that, that bring to mind. If you, if you were to speak to somebody face-to-face and that is say, um, Frank, Frank J, um, I want to accelerate my evolution. Give me some resources or where can I go or what can I read? Like I'm hungry for change. What, sort of, what would you say to them? Mm. <laughs> that's so interesting because I would imagine that it's different for everybody mm. like there's different bits of knowledge and as you go along the path you'll mm. you'll start to pick up on different knowledge so everyone's different um, but what I would first say is spend time alone love it <laughs> yes and think dude that's so good because so, that's so good because so many people are like give me the book Give me the yeah. give me the podcast, but actually you're so right. <laughs> Forget all that. Spend time alone with a notebook and a pen and think. Ask yourself questions and then answer the questions. And I used to do that all the time. And I would say spend time exactly what Frank J said, but also spend time not thinking, yeah. just being, <laughs> and know? just being. Yeah. Yes. Both of those things are the foundation. Yes. Aren't they? Cool, man. Well, I'm not gonna like we talked about Eckhart's book, The Power of Now, before. Um, but I would say anybody, uh, like if there was somebody that really inspired me, would probably be. I, I know this is a huge inspiration. It's funny how I'm giving a disclaimer because so many yeah. people know. But Tony Robbins. Yeah. Plain and simple, his work is is I think some of the best in the world. Big Tony. Big Thanks, Tony. brother. Thanks, brother. Cool, man. So where can people find out more about? Uh, what creations you're bringing to life cool so we have um two huge retreats coming one in british columbia on july 7th to july 11th and it's going to be awesome it's called international tribe design i guess you can link it up um if you go to www.internationaltribedesign.com and we're gonna we're in this like this wilderness retreat center in the middle of like this beautiful heart hardy land apparently they have this like glowing algae where you can go midnight swims and the hole underneath the water is glowing we're going to go on adventures um 
We can literally go out of the retreat center and we can go on these amazing hikes and cliff jumps. Uh, we can sleep on a sailboat in a cabin or in the <laughs> TP or is like it's going to be an incredible rewilding experience, like a real wild experience. So that's going to be in British Columbia, July 7th to 11th. And then also Croatia, we're going to be doing uh, Daniel and I will be doing a seven day retreat on a Croatian cruise private yacht where we're going through all all the croatian islands and we're just gonna get real raw real radical and uh nice it's gonna be very fun awesome brother high five yeah thanks brother this has been such a pleasure having you on the show frank j yeah thanks and so much. uh yeah it's been uh it's been a real blessing so uh yeah this is me and frank j peace and out and manly peace and love everyone see you later bye-bye blessings on your journey i hope you enjoyed that conversation with frank j i certainly enjoyed getting into a flow state with him for that conversation the time just flew by um it's really i find it a really pleasurable life experience um conversing with people um at that sort of level and um yeah he inspires me he um he really he really he really like leaves me with a nice feeling in my heart that's the best way to put it so frank j stayed in my apartment for a few days and it was fantastic um i think the best gift he left with me was this uh this thing that he was doing in Manly, he was walking around the streets and he said he was just sending love out, um, giving appreciation, giving gratitude, giving respect to all the people he was passing by, just complete strangers. And he was looking them in the eye and he was then giving, giving them some of his energy. And in doing so, of course, he was receiving. And um, I've been rolling around <laughs> Manly myself this morning, uh, practicing this. And let me tell you guys, it feels amazing to give out love to people. Um, um, it feels amazing. You're really nourishing yourself. So Frank J, thank you so much for that little gift, that little addition to my practice. And uh, everyone, please send me your love because if you're listening to this, I'm in Bali. Uh, if you listen to this live when it's first released, then I'm in Bali preparing for my wedding um, to my beautiful fiance Maria. And um, yeah, just preparing for this transition of my life. So I'd really appreciate your love and blessings and and all that sort of thing. Um, and I'm sending it right back to you guys. So until next time, see you later and stay in that flow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flow State Performance Podcast. Check us out at www.flowstateperformance.com for more inspiration to unleash your potential.